we've got some ladies that are passionate about Jesus Christ um, that will be a strong catalyst for the entire church, for other ladies, for, for students, for kids, and for men as well to be a part of encouraging and be a, be a challenge and, and that God will even give a charge to men to say, look at what I'm doing among the, the ladies. Have an expectancy that I'm doing and preparing great things uh, in you uh, as well. And so um, um, we had this uh, retreat this weekend and lots of prayer went into it and uh, very grateful for what God uh, did um, primarily through Judy's leadership and Melissa who, who served and was helping uh, lead worship uh, this morning. Thank you, Melissa. I'm not sure where you are. Thanks. It's great having you. Uh, Lord bless you. Um, and God did a tremendous work. And so, um, I'd been planning on giving about just, just a short period of time today to hear from the ladies. And, uh, but I'd been wrestling these last two or three days and God finally made it clear. It's like they need more time. And so, um, and just a second, I'm gonna have Judy come up and she's going to take it and leading these other ladies to, to share what God has done. And so I want you guys to be encouraged. Um, y'all who are listening to this uh, in the future to be encouraged and challenged uh, by what God's doing. Let me pray for this time, all right? Jesus, you love ladies. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for the distinctiveness of how you've made, how you've made girls and women. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, what an amazing help it is when there's a passionate woman, a passionate uh, girl uh, for Jesus Christ and how it stirs me, how it inspires me and encourages me, God, as a man. And, uh, Lord, we know it is evidence that you're doing a strong work in our ladies, God. And uh, we celebrate that today, Father. And uh, so uh, may we be very encouraged today. May may we be inspired and challenged uh, by what you're doing uh, in these ladies Continue the work, Lord, in them. And, Father, with what you're already doing among the men, may this be even just another big encouragement to dig deeper and uh, to be for the men to be who they're called to be in Christ, Father, for the kids and students to be who they are in Christ, Father. Uh, Bless this time. We hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Judy. I come to you this morning as a woman passionate about Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is passionate for me. Because when I was still a sinner, an enemy of God, Jesus died for me. When I was still rebellious in my sins, he called me and he redeemed me. A few months ago, David preached on Mark chapter 2. And the story of the four men and their buddy, the uh, paralytic. And how they carried him to the feet of Jesus, having to dig a hole through a roof in order to get past a crowd. Because they loved their friend so deeply. And they believed that Jesus was healer so passionately that it was worth it to them to take that great effort, to take that great risk to bring a friend to Jesus so their friend could be healed. And when David preached on that passage, it stirred in me a passion to see that happen in our own community, 
to value the name of Jesus so much, to trust Jesus so much, to believe Jesus so much, that I would recognize that Jesus really is the answer to the needs of my hurting friend. You know, Jesus really is the answer to my hurting heart. There's not some kind of patch job. There's not some kind of cliche that's going to make someone feel better. When someone's hurting, we bring them to Jesus. Because there is healing in no one else. And so I had this vision of a mat. And I was going to preach this word from God and these women were going to break off into small groups and they were going to sit on their mat and they were going to pray over each other and they were going to be honest with each other and they were going to be humble enough to say, here I am in need of sitting on a mat because I need you friends to bring me to Jesus tonight because this is an area of struggle. This is a dream unfulfilled. This is a longing. This is a desire. This is a painful thing. And I need my friends to come around me. And so we had a little say-so yesterday, an opportunity for women to speak. And I just want to um, bring up first Melissa Robinson, who I think yesterday, through the um, power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, was able to articulate. Um, she's like, whatever. But whatever about Melissa, but yay for, yay for God's presence. And we want more of God's presence, Melissa, whatever it is that he wants to do through you. So anyway, she's going to share, and I know that it's going to really get, um, you, give you guys a vision of what happened. Will you stand here, I will if you want me no, to. No, I know I can. Yeah, you can. No, you're good. Okay. But this is awkward. Can I get off? Can I sit? Yeah. Is that okay? Can you take it off? Okay. That's better. Get comfortable up here. All right. Um, okay. So the, what Judy was sharing about with the mat and the, you know, sitting on the mat and we knew as, um, the group leaders that we were going to be doing that action, you know, the going and breaking off in groups, which I was really excited about. I was excited about the time of prayer with the women in our small group. I really love the women in our small group quite a bit. So, um, I was really looking forward to that, but, I'm going to confess to you that I had hardness in my heart about the whole idea of, I don't know even why, honestly, but the whole idea of, of the, of sitting on a mat, I think really it's just probably pride in my heart that I, I didn't want to physically sit down on a mat. I felt really silly. And, uh, God really began stirring in my heart during the, the evening and thinking about, you know, community, the women's retreat, the title, you know, the, the, name of it was a call to true community. And God's really been teaching me a lot about community over the last probably six months. And so, um, God was really stirring in my heart during the few hours before the prayer time. And I really began to feel broken. And as we were going, going to our prayer time, I just really felt like God really, I really feel like he's getting ready to do something. And, um, and I, God's really been breaking me over a lot of sin in my life recently. And um, 
And that's exactly what he was getting ready to do. And so we, each of us in our, in our group, went around and shared, you know, um, really vulnerable things. And, and, uh, and God really broke me. He really gave me the chance to be um, transparent in a, in, in a way that allowed me to experience the church in a way that I'd never experienced the church. The church is a body of believers. And I came home and I felt like this is what it's all about. This is, this is, the, this is the role of the church. This is what, um, you know, when you read, if you've read through Acts, I encourage you to read through Acts because I've been reading through Acts and it's been crazy. And you read through it and you look at it and you look at the relationships that the new believers had with each other and they were like all alone, you know, in the world and, and the only believers. And they had this incredible community and and I've found myself longing for that, and I feel like I got a little glimpse of it um, on Saturday night. Was it Saturday? Friday night. It was Friday night. Um, I think the thing that God is showing me is when we, when I am willing to be incredibly vulnerable in the definition of vulnerability, like in my broken state and the messed up Melissa that I am, when I'm willing to be that person um, in front of other people, believers, and people who are not even believers, you know, potentially, um, in real life, I'm able to not only experience God in a way that I've never been able to experience him before, but I'm also able to share God in a way that I've never been able to share him before because I am messed up and Jesus is awesome. And so um, when, I get to be, when I get to be that real person, God gets to be who he is, and, and I can feel comfortable being who I am, you know, messed up. Um, so, yeah, God really, really is amazing, and he really is doing a work in me. And I think the thing that he's challenged me to think about is how can I take a next step in transparency to experience the kind of community that God longs for me to be able to experience that's it. Yeah. On Friday night, Judy shared about community and being, being vulnerable and taking care of each other. And then on Saturday, she talked about spiritual gifts and how we use those. And um, one of my spiritual gifts I have not yet found it in Scripture is the ability to get into people's business. I'm sure it's there. But that's my segue into the story that I'm supposed to share with you this morning. And I'll tell you that um, I'm really struggling to keep my emotions under control. So you'll just have to bear with me. I walked out the doors yesterday after the retreat was over. And I got in my car. And a lady approached my window. And I rolled down my window, and, you know, when I say she was part of our downtrodden population, that would be an understatement. And she said, I just need a little something. She said, I'm not greedy, I just need a little something. I said, well, what is it that you need? She said, well, I need gas in my car. I said, I can take care of that for you. I said, get in. I said, where is your car? And she said, well, it's the van. It's over in front of Humphreys. I said, get in. I said, I'll take you down there and we'll get to the gas station. I'll put gas in your car. She got into my car. The smell was so overwhelming that I had to roll down the windows. And we began to drive. I said, what's your name? And she said, it's Rhodesia. I said, hi, Rhodesia. I'm Karen. Are you from Huntsville? And she said, 
Well, no, actually, I'm from New York. And I just want to tell you that God is good. And I said, yes, he is. And she was clearly strung out, desperate. So, you know, I've lived in Huntsville for 16 years. I have no idea where Humphreys is. You'd think I'd know downtown. I have no idea. So I said, you're going to have to tell me where we're going. So she begins to direct me. And as we begin to talk, her story begins to change. Well, they didn't even had pretty much had to push their van to where it was. And so I'm listening, and I, we just keep chatting. Well, sure enough, we pull up in front of Humphreys, and there's, as my son would call it, one of those creepy, nondescript white vans. And the back window was busted out. There was a sheet taped to the back. And we pull in behind it, and um, I said, she just looks at me. And I looked at her, and I said, if you'll get in your van, I'll follow you to the gas station. She said, well, I just need a little something. I said, you know what? When we get to the gas station, I'll buy you some food, and I'll put gas in your car. She goes, I don't want food. I've got food. I said, I'm not going to give you money. She said, well, give him money, and she pointed to the van. And I looked up ahead, and I could see that there was a man in the van. I said, I'm not giving him money. I don't know who he is. And she got out of the car, slammed the door. And I said out the window, I said, do you need gas? She said, no. Now, Dave and I have been married for 26 years, and I have learned a few things. And while he wouldn't be surprised, he wouldn't be exactly happy to know that I confronted a pimp on the street corner in Huntsville by myself, nobody knowing where I was. But I am so worried that he beat her because I didn't give her money. And what I'm overwhelmed with this morning is that God loves Rhodesia as much as he loves my white, clean, middle-class self. And if it weren't for the grace of Jesus, we would both be destined for hell. And she's here in Huntsville, and she's being pimped by some guy sitting in a van sending her out to get money. What can we do? Scripture says in Psalm 34:18 and I want you to write this down if you don't know where it is, if you don't know what it says. It says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. I would ask each one of us to pray this over Rhodesia. God, you know that Rhodesia is brokenhearted. Would you be close to her? Would you rescue her because her spirit is crushed? Here's the other thing I would ask. She's here downtown somewhere. She was very familiar with downtown. Some of us are going to run into her. I want to run into her. I can't fix her. I can't save her, but we can begin as a body of Christ to make a connection with her. Rhodesia needs food. She needs a shower. She needs Jesus. And honestly, probably in that order. And so here's what I would ask. If you see somebody who resembles her, she's very, very dark skinned. She's probably about five, two weighs 105 pounds soaking wet she was dressed in filthy jeans, a filthy top, and had a pink beanie on her head. 
if you see her and the Holy Spirit prompts you, would you call out her name? Think of how many times in scripture God called people by name. They weren't just a number. They weren't just somebody. Can you imagine if somebody comes up to her and says, Rhodesia. And then just say, a friend told me about you. I've been looking for you. Can I get you some food? If you'll wait right here, I'll be back. Run to the nearest gas station. Buy non-perishable food items. Peanut butter crackers, peanuts, Gatorade, Caprisons, a banana. Don't buy her an apple because she can't eat it. And then if you'll call me or email me and say, this is where I saw her last. We have an opportunity, maybe, to build some kind of a relationship with her, to love her, to show her who Jesus is. As a body, she's here somewhere. And maybe God's going to use us to comfort the brokenhearted and to rescue those whose spirits are crushed. Rhodesia. Don't forget Rhodesia, Rhodesia, Rhodesia. And Psalm 38, 34, 18. Karen, that brings an interesting perspective because as we consider what does it mean to bring our friends and our community to Jesus, Rhodesia is our neighbor. And there are people that are neighbors that we don't know them. But we can bring them to Jesus through prayer. And guess what? Jesus is still healer. Jesus can still minister even now. Even though Karen didn't get to sit down and have lunch with her and lead her to Christ, she can bring her to Jesus in this moment. Tomorrow morning when she wakes up over coffee, she can bring Rhodesia to Jesus. This is a calling that we have. This is a privilege that we have to bring people to Jesus because he really is the one that they need. Is there anyone else that wants to speak regarding Friday night before we move on to Saturday? You guys have Saturday? Okay. On Saturday, we had this um, calling to be broken and poured out as a church for each other. We were looking in Romans chapter 12 and the idea that we as a body, we as a congregation belong to each other. And what does it mean for me to belong to you and you to belong to me? And what does it mean for the gifts that God has given me supernaturally through his Holy Spirit to be gifts that are for God, for the body, not for me? If God has given me a gift to speak or to prophesy, is that gift for me or is that gift for the body of Christ? It's for the body of Christ. I need to give it away, not hold it back. And so there was a challenge for, thank you, sweetheart. I don't really want to play games right now. Um, he wants to play games, of course. But, um, but each one here, each one of you has a very special and unique gift to give to the body. Anyway, yesterday we talked about that. And so... Um, I'm going to bring up Donna first, and, um, and then we'll, we'll just... I'll share. Well, the challenge has been for me since we've been at Sojourn, partly is to rethink church. And what God has worked in my life lately 
is not just rethink church, but rethink serving. And um, most of my life, I always worked in church, and I thought my gift was just to to be a musician, to do this and do that. And in being challenged about serving, um, I'm trying to keep my train of thought here. <laughs> in serving, it's not just doing something. It's being with the ones that you're called to serve. It's not just um, doing music. It's, it's really worshiping. It's being part of that. And I think God exemplified that in that even through redemption, he could have saved us by just snapping his fingers and saying, hey, you're all saved. I have the power to do that. You're redeemed. That's it. I've forgiven you. You're redeemed. But what did he do? He came among us in the form of Jesus. And he redeemed us by being one of us and living with us. And even now, we're transformed not by God waving some magic wand and saying, you're, you're, you're transformed, you're a different creature. He tabernacles in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And he, um, he changes us from within. And he gives us his gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit and creates us to be what he needs us to be. And the beautiful thing is we're not alone with that. And we're not even just alone with God. He gives us this community that we get to use our gifts in and be part of. And I was thinking the other day, and I'm the youngest child in my family. And so I was always treated like a baby. And even to this day in my family, I'm treated like a baby, which is very annoying at my age. Okay, um, I've just reconciled to the fact that I don't think that's going to change. I just have to live with it. But we, my husband and I have been at Sojourn for what, five, five and a half years now. And in, in full transparency, I have to admit... Um, I've struggled with that because I'm one of the older ones here. And many times and many tears, my husband, yes, there have been lots of tears. <laughs> I've said, well, maybe I should be somewhere where there's more women my age. And um, growing up, I, I thought back how growing up, I always wanted a younger sister or younger brother, so I was no longer the baby. And when we had the, the retreat this weekend, and it was about community, and, and at first I'm thinking, does that mean we're going to have a bunch of kumbaya moments and something? And I'm not really into kumbaya moments. And I always mistrust a little bit of the women's things around here because I know Judy has this uncanny ability to just drag out the, you know... <laughs> The most in all of us, you know, bring down our guard. <laughs> yeah. And she does. Um, but I looked around at the retreat yesterday, and I thought, God has given me a whole bunch of younger sisters. And 
my role here to serve is to be an older sister, like it or not. Okay, I'll try, I'll try not to be bossy, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but that is, is really what I've come to understand is God is calling us to be. And however we serve, whatever our gifts are, we're called to be, not just do. Yesterday, um, the Lord was leading me to, to share with the lady something that I've, um, I guess, struggled with and come to realize that I was struggling with it because I didn't realize I was struggling, I guess, at, for a long time. Um, and that struggle was my spiritual gift. My idea was that I liked Judy's gift a lot. <laughs> and I'd like to do that. And I wanted that to be my spiritual gift. So in... In striving to be somebody that, you know, could get up here and just, you know, like Donna said, just really, by the by the power of God, just really be able to talk to people and share God's word. And, you know, that's just really just seems to be a little bit more one of the glamorous gifts, I guess. And so, and, I, and you know, and she does it great, and I appreciate that about her. But um, I guess my point is, it's not my gift. And so... Um, and I share that with y'all to tell you, if you're striving to have a gift, that's not your gift, recognize that and ask the Lord to help you know what your gift is. My gift is serving. I love to serve. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm out raking or helping somebody fix up their house or set up things here, whatever that is, I love it. And I really enjoy doing it because the Lord has given me that gift to do that. And I could do it all day. Don't eat, don't stop, just keep going, which I I know can be annoying also. Um, But just recognizing that that's what I was doing in my striving, trying to, to, to do something that God hasn't called me to do. Not to say that um, sometimes we have to do things that we're not called to do (laughs) just because we need to. Um, but really pray about what, what is your gift? What has God given you? Because, you know, as we talked about the body, we all need each other. We can't all be proclaimers. We can't all be preaching and teaching. We need other people to do lots of other things. And so we need you to know what your gift is and to be able to, for God to use you that way. So. You know, God is in control and I am not. And uh, I struggle with that a lot. Um, that because a lot of times I think I am. And, um, you know, this weekend, again, God just brought that to a head in me. But kind of in a different way, um, I wanted to share just a scripture with you guys. Uh, let's see. John fifteen five, and this is something that Judy shared with us, just the um, Jesus' example of the vine and the branches. And it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, when I am thinking that I am in control, when I'm really not, 
um, the things that I do are definitely apart from him. And therefore, they're not bearing fruit. <laughs> so, um, so those are not things that God has called me to do. Kind of like Danielle's saying that, you know, it's not, it's not about what gift I have. It's walking with him in the gift that he's given me. So abiding in the spirit and, and trusting that he is doing in me the things that he wants to do is is what he wants. Um, Melissa's testimony this weekend spoke to me probably more than anything that that I heard the whole weekend. And Judy was such a blessing. And and I'm not saying that Judy wasn't awesome, but God spoke to me through Melissa in such a practical way because she has walked through a very difficult time. And in the process of that, God has brought gifts up in her that she wasn't exercising probably to the fullness that she is now. And some of the things that she was doing prior to that were, were things that um, God was gifting her in at that time. But God has kind of shut some of those things down for a little while. And that was a concept that I had never thought of before, that God can take our giftings and he can use them the way that he wants to. And we have different giftings and we may have different things that he wants to use and manifest at different times because of where we are in the body at that point. And Melissa, bless you and thank you for sharing with us your testimony and for letting God change the things that he desired for you to do at the, at this time so that he could use you and watching you up here this morning was so awesome and seeing you worship and seeing you just be able to relax and enjoy the presence of God and worship and leading worship is just so, so exciting and seeing and knowing that and how God spoke to me this weekend. So thank you. The, um, something that is significant that I want us all to keep in mind is that the gifts of the spirit are gifts given by grace. This is not like to say that you have a gift to serve the body. If you are in Christ, you do have a gift to serve the body. And that gift is not because you are just naturally talented at fill in the blank. I am not naturally talented at being in front of crowds. I'm naturally talented at hiding under tables and sitting in the back. The supernatural thing is that I would have any kind of courage to stand in front of you. So the gifts that God has given you are gifts of grace by his spirit. They're not about you and they're not because of you. They're because of God and because he wants to bless the body through you and bless you as you walk in those gifts. So um, thanks for sharing that, Cindy. That really helps keep things in in good perspective. Who's next, Kitty, Joe, or Kelly? Uh, Let's go, Kelly. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And one of the big themes this weekend was 
um, Jesus's body being broken uh, for us. And one of my personal themes this weekend was just weeping all week, and I feel like I'm about to do that again. Um, Jesus willingly letting his body be broken, willingly letting his blood be poured out for us so that we can be fed. And um, this weekend, it was, um, I was humbled and um, just in awe of the, the way that um, the women of Sojourn let themselves be broken and poured out. And I was fed from that. Um, it was such a gift the, um, to see and get to experience um, many women using their giftings um, and, and also letting themselves be vulnerable, um, letting walls come down where they, um, you know, the walls we make to protect ourselves, um, letting those come down to be vulnerable, um, sacrificing time, sacrificing, um, uh, energy, um, and putting this whole weekend together and, um, and, and sacrificing their weekends to come in and, uh, intercede for one another in prayer. Um, and it was, it was just really a, an awesome gift. Um, uh, I was reminded of the story where Jesus feeds 5,000 people and there's all these people, a lot of people that are so hungry and, uh, and, you know, Jesus tells the disciples, well, what, what do we have? You know, how are we going to feed them? Let's go see what we have. And there's like a few, few loaves of bread, a few fishes. And I was thinking about the people that gave up their loaves of bread and their fish, which when they were so hungry and that was all they had was just this little bit of food. And I would have been the first person to go run in the quarter and eat it really quick. Um, but that they sacrificed that and Jesus broke it and fed 5,000 people. Um, so I was really humbled by that this weekend and just encouraged. Um, and, um, I pray that all of you feel encouraged to, to, um, to, to sacrifice whatever gift you have, whatever it is that God gives you. Um, even if it seems like all you have that he can, um, he can use it for all of us to be fed. Um, for probably the last five or six years of my life, God has been cultivating in me um, a pretty strong desire, uh, to work among the poor, um, specifically in the inner city, um, and children. And so kind of my tagline over the last, I would say maybe six years was the, be the change you wish to see. I'm going to be the change. And, uh, then people are going to see it and they're going to want to help these people too. So preface my story with that. Um, 
I moved to Huntsville a year and a half ago, and I have a degree in teaching. Um, and I assumed, because God was telling me to be the change, that I would go to work in an elementary school that was primarily um, in the inner city, and that I would change it, and that people would come to know Jesus because of me, but I would be the one doing it. Um, well, God didn't give me a job when I moved here. Um, he gave me a year to figure out how to be a wife to my husband, which was awesome. Um, and then a little bit later, throughout the year last year, God brought me um, to Lincoln Village Ministry, a ministry, an inner city ministry here in Huntsville. Um, and I started tutoring there, a little girl. And um, God quickly began to show me that I could not change this particular little girl. Um, so I knew that this ministry, I had really no doubt that it was where I was supposed to be. Um, and I got a job offer there in May and I now teach fourth grade at the school. Um, we have 60 kids at our school and the majority of those kids do not come from a household where they are fed three meals a day. Um, they do not come from a household where they are, um, loved, the, uh, some of them, um, you know, many of them may, but, um, they don't come from households that are encouraging for them. Um, and God has, has given me this, this burden for them. Um, and I, I really firmly believe that I am called to be burdened for them, that uh, we are called to be broken for what God is broken for. And I believe that orphans, and I believe that the poor, um, I believe that God breaks for that. And I believe that God is, um, stirring for, his people to do something about it. Um, and really throughout this last year, God has ripped the be the change off of my head and, uh, reminds me that I am not the change. I may be a vessel, but God is the change. Um, I have 10 kids in my class. There are 60 kids in the school and out of my 10 kids, several of them do not have their own bed. Many of them share a bed with three or four siblings. Um, many of them only are fed through the ministry. Many of them have pretty um, severe behavioral issues that just come from their backgrounds. And I went into the year convinced that uh, that I was going to change them, that it would take a couple days and that they'd be ready to go and uh, that they wouldn't have any of these issues um, because cause we were going to fix them, right? Um, Jesus complex. Um, and so I wanted to fix them all and I was just going to do it. Well, God pretty quickly humbled me. Um, and, uh, I can't, and I know that. Um, but I need you. Um, I need the women of sojourn specifically. I need the women in my journey group that encourage me pretty much every day. Um, to remind me that I cannot fix them because I, I do feel a very strong burden for them. And it's sometimes overwhelming, um, because, you know, I leave them and I know that many of them will not have a meal until they come back to school. Or I know that many of them, the discipline in their home is very severe. Um, or I know that many of them do not have a person that tells them that they love them until they come to school. And uh, that's very hard for me. God has given me a gift of empathy, and I feel that pain for them, and it breaks me. And uh, I just cry, and I'm really sad, and it makes me really upset. And so uh, God has brought me to Sojourn, I really firmly believe, to give me women um, and men and my husband uh, to remind me that I can't change them, and I can't save them, and I can't bring all 60 kids home with me every day. 
day um, and provide for them because that's not what I'm called to do. Um, And my husband would agree that I can't bring them all home right now um, as much as I would love to. So um, being here this weekend, it was super encouraging because I I shared that um, with the ladies in my journey group, and several of them were already familiar that this was kind of something that I struggle with. but I, they are always the first to point me back to Jesus and to say, you know, Katie Jo, you're not going to save them. And right now, you need to listen to your husband. And you need to listen to your husband and his wisdom and not bring home 30 children if he doesn't think that that's a, a wise decision, you know, right now. And, and I mean, you laugh, but it's, it's really true. I mean, really and truly, if I could do it, I would. Um, and, and my sweet husband, Matt, would vouch for that. Um, we've, we've already had several of them over. Thank you. Um, but... <laughs> But so, so all of this to say that my, my mindset of me being the change, um, I am incredibly grateful that God has totally shattered, um, you know, over the last couple of years and really given me women, um, specifically that can consistently press that into me because it's very easy for me to fall back into that because I do see such a great need and I want to fix it and I want to fix it right now. Um, and I need women specifically to, to push me in that and say, you're not going to fix it. God's going to fix it in his timing. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm super grateful that we had this time this weekend to be brought to the mat. And I had women pray over me for that and pray for these kids that I care about um, and and believe with me that God will redeem their stories. Um, So yeah, thanks. All right, ladies, thanks. It's it's awesome what God is doing, what he's, what he's stirring. Um, uh, it, it's interesting as I was up taking notes, just hearing, hearing from these ladies of the different things. And you know what I just, I keep hearing, I, I keep hearing, I keep hearing the gospel, I keep hearing the great news that Jesus is the savior, not us. Um, and, uh, many, there's many of us, we have like a Superman or superwoman complex like that. And, um, and this is a kind of church that could breed that too, because we, we do want mission to take place, but we must know that Jesus is the hero. So um, thanks for sharing, ladies. Um, I, I keep hearing just elements of our core values, which are Jesus, community, and mission. And ladies, I want you all to know it's evident that you all are wrestling well with those things of how to engage Jesus, how to engage community, and how to engage mission. And I say keep wrestling, keep pressing forward. Men, let's keep pressing, uh, keep pressing forward and and who is Jesus and what did he really do and, and what changes as a result of what he did on the cross and by resurrecting from the dead. And what does it mean that he wants to draw together a community, a family around him? And, and then really the mission to the helpless, to the hopeless, to the poor, to the wretched, um, to the people that are wounded out there. It really is just still that same call to Jesus and to family, to the community, saying, hey, we're not, we don't have it all together. Come to Jesus who has it all together. So... I'm just thrilled about seeing that. Um, I love that uh, God's doing a strong work, not only in married ladies, but in, in uh, single ladies as well. And if you're a single lady in here, I want you to know it's not all about being married. Um, uh, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so thank you for, glad, great to hear from, from some of y'all as well. Um, you know, if we look at Titus chapter 2, there's some things that were said uh, to men and to women. It started out toward men. It says, this for you, men. Uh, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, 
and in steadfastness. All right? Dive deep into Christ. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, the younger men to be self-controlled. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're seeing that. And, we're, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's a, it's a struggle, you know, of what it means for men to really get into men's lives and for ladies to really get into ladies' lives. But embrace the struggle. Embrace the tension that's there. But don't give in and don't, don't pull out. But go, engage even deeper uh, with what God wants, God wants to do in us and for us, you guys. Um, keep living it out. Um, you men, um, be deeply inspired by what God is doing in the ladies and just know God wants to do something distinct and yet just as powerful among us. The, um, he's already postured things well. There's already some things that are rolling, but there's, there's work to be done. And so be inspired by what God's doing and uh, expect God to work powerfully uh, in our lives. Um, I'm, um, I'm so, I have such an expectancy about what's next. Anybody else kind of, you just kind of feel that? I mean, things are just kind of shaking a little bit. It's like, man, what are, what are you up to, God? And, and I'd, I would challenge you to, to kind of engage in that and, and, and to allow yourself to think in a dream and just say, God, what if? What, what could happen? What could happen as we meet the Rhodesias that God places in our life? You know, what, what could happen as we get more aligned with, with uh, folks like in Lincoln Academy um, uh, or the person in your own neighborhood or in the public school that's near you or the person that lives in the cubicle across from you or in that boardroom with you, across the classroom for you. People who maybe are down and out, there's others that are up and out, you know. It doesn't just go one way. I mean, we're all broken. We all need Jesus. I mean, what's it mean? What's it mean to be a people that are deeply committed to Jesus, to community and mission? And uh, here's what I want us to do. We're, I'm going to pray for us, and then there's a, a film that's going to play as we enter into a time of communion. Uh, and it's one that is is just going to talk about how we how we uh, how we just desire God and draw near to Him. Uh, this song by David, the David Crowder Band, and um, just take take time, um, prepare yourself to go to the table. If you're this is for Christians. If you if you've never surrendered to Christ, um, it's this wouldn't be your time because in doing this, we're celebrating that Jesus was broken. He told us. He said, "Take the bread." You know, he said, here's my body, which was broken for you. And he said, take the wine. He said, here's, here's my blood, which was spilled, which would be spilled for you. And, and he was about to do that. It was prophecy of just hours in the future that he was about to be broken. He was about to be poured out for us. And today that you just know that he was broken for you. He was poured out for you. And he invites you to his table today. If you're not a Christian, man... Say, even right now, be the time in which you say, I let go, I surrender, and then go join others uh, at the table uh, as well. So let me pray for us. And uh, there's tables over here. There's tables over here. Take the bread, dip it into either the wine or the juice, and you can take it right there. You can go back to your seats. You can go in groups just as you're, as you're led. Let's just celebrate that we have a God, Jesus, who's creating a mission, a, a community of people, a family that he's sending out on his mission. Let's pray. God, um,
We're deeply inspired uh, this morning. Um, I declare the same as these ladies have declared, Lord, that you are the hero, God. Um, I thank you, Lord, that that these ladies want to be led by you. I, I, I thank you, Lord, that these wives, they deeply want to be led by their husbands, God. They want their husbands to be passionate for Christ and to, to dig in. And, but, but also they know their husbands aren't perfect in that, Lord. Uh, that they, just, they want to be. And so just continue to work in the husbands and the dads that are here, God. For the men here, they're single, Father. May they just say, man, what would it mean if, for me to dig in if, as if I already had a wife or if I had kids? How would I want my spiritual life to look? How can I lead myself as if, as if I would be there, Lord, to dig that well before we're thirsty, Lord Jesus. For these single ladies, Lord, just to look to you and say, God, I, I, don't, I don't need to be married. I don't need to have a husband for me to think I matter, but I have a Jesus. I have a God that says I matter. And uh, God, we, we just have so many places to, to celebrate today. So help us to do that at the tables. And for any of our friends that have never come to faith, may they even come to faith right now. Bless us uh, as we enter this time in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you guys, I'm, uh, I'm just deeply touched today. Just grateful for uh, God moving in our church. And uh, so thank you guys for that. And, and uh, grateful for you ladies. Grateful for you men that are disciple makers and other leaders. And, and, and um, I'm, I'm just, it, like reading that passage from Titus uh, just a, a few minutes ago, I'm very, I'm very pleased that as I see in our church, we got ladies that, uh, especially wives that love their husbands, that want to be led by their husbands and being pastors. And uh, that's taking place. I'm grateful that um, that they're uh, partnering with, I mean, Judy and other ladies discipling are partnering with husbands and digging deep. They're, they're, you guys are partnering with me as a pastor and digging deep into ladies. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, you guys. Um, you guys are, you ladies are partnering with Jesus as he wants to bless his bride. And it's just, just a beautiful pattern uh, as God just uh, works his leadership out through, through, uh, through husbands and wives and pastors. And it's uh, just an incredible thing. Um, a couple things to throw out to you guys um, just uh, to understand what's going on as far as mission that's happening. First of all, I need a couple of men. If you all grab these baskets, these baskets are going to be passed around. If you're a guest, just know that this is... This is it's not for you. This is just part of worship that takes place uh, for us as, uh, as members of Sojourn. Um, but if you do have a card or something that, uh, of, of recording your visit here, you could put it in here or in that uh, bucket later on. Um, all right, so just quickly, some things going on uh, just in the immediate weeks uh, that, are, that are coming up is in two, two Sundays, and, and um, if I'm wrong about any of these dates, um, correct me, somebody, but in two Sundays, it's, um, wait, is, is it next Sunday? The 20, next Sunday is the 21st, which is the potluck. It's chilly. That's a, next Sunday. So um, we, if you're new around here, we, we call this Sojourn Gathered. We call everything else Sojourn Scattered, all right? So we have these groups all over the city that are, they're trying to see what it means to be a Jesus community on mission. And um, uh, so if you're not a part of a journey group yet, dive into one. We're praying for you. We want you. We want you to jump, jump in. But that's how we kind of organize a lot of stuff that happens. So the chili stuff and all the needs between the Milo's tea, please, lots of Milo's tea. 
sweet Milo tea that is, uh, and uh, and some good chili, and and, and um, that's really all I need is Milo's and chili. But uh, the good desserts and stuff too. Um, that's going to be coordinated through your journey groups. So dig in. If you're not a part of a journey group, um, don't not come. Just come and bring something. All right. Or if something happens and you're on your way and you didn't bring anything, just come anyway, all right? Because we're gonna have a we'll have a ton of food, okay? So that's next week, all right? Um, the in two Saturdays on the 27th of October, we'll have an intro to sojourn class that will be from 8:30 to 1:30. That's the 27th. That's not this Saturday, but the next. So if you're like, man, I want to know more about what sojourn believes about Jesus, about community, about mission, about everything, you need to be there. Um, it's certainly required if you even desire to, he's like, well, I want to be a member of a church someday. You can't be a member unless you've gone through that. And we can walk through what the gospel is, uh, and kind of press in, in those areas. Um, but you do need to, um, you need to reserve a spot and we want to, we'd love to blow this out and make it the largest class we've had. Um, sojourn men a couple days after that Monday, the 29th. Okay. Monday, the 29th. It's like the, the fifth Monday of this month. Um, that is going to be a night we get the guys together, all the sojourn men. All right. So 6 PM is we're going to get together. Place is going to be determined. I actually need some input from a couple of you creative guys to think through our evening, but, um, 6 PM, uh, on the 29th Monday that's coming up. All right. This coming Saturday is an opportunity. Um, there may be one or two or, or five of y'all that jump in on this, a man or woman there's a thing called gospel coach training. I went through this, it cost me $350 to go through this through uh, the guy who used to be the president of Acts 29, Scott Thomas. He's being brought to Nashville uh, at a church we've, we've been assisting and helped plant Axis Church. It's going to cost $35, all right, 35 bucks to get trained. Gospel coach, it's strategic disciple making. Strategic disciple making, and uh, if you want to get a, get around some really just some incredible uh, men and women that are up there in Nashville, uh, just find me. I'll, I'll give you more information. Um, but it'd be worth the drive and worth the day to get up there um, and just a little bit of money. All right. Um, as y'all can, as y'all see, man, it just it just always goes goes back to Jesus, and then from that it pours into community, being in community and being on mission together. Um, God's doing a neat work um, in helping journey groups to find a cohesive mission together. And it's interesting how a lot of those are going, are, a lot of them are touching over in Lincoln Academy and Lincoln Village and, and just some other downtown areas, the studio, some other areas that are down here in our area. Um, just be listening to God and find out what, what, uh, what's going on. And in the weeks, want to hear from some of y'all. Some of y'all are tutoring you're taking a lunch break, you know, once a week, and, and you're tutoring at different schools like Lincoln Academy, and and um, just man, let's just let's not fall asleep at the wheel. Let's not just think that that church or life is all about us, um, but let's know that He gave His life for us, and He gives us a new life to go and to give back to Him, which will be for for everybody else. Okay, you guys with me? Hanging time. All right. Um, let me pray, and then these guys are going to send us out with a couple of couple of songs. All right, let's pray. God, um, uh, we recognize that you were the first missionary. You loved us so much that you came. You loved you loved the world so much 
dad that you gave your one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. But you didn't send your son into the world to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. And we declare that. We declare Jesus, Savior of the world. We declare you as the one who you said, come into my family. Now go call out to everyone else to come and be in my family. And Lord, that's what we do. We're not the judges. We don't determine who gets in and who doesn't. We just say to everybody, whether we're just like them or they're nothing like us, to be able to say at the same time, we're all alike as sinners. So come to Jesus. And so God, we thank you for that. Thank you for the hope that's found in you. Thank you that you're pressing us into you. Thank you that you're pressing us into community, that you're pressing us into mission. Help us even as we, as we celebrate um, who you are and go back out into our cities as ministers and as missionaries. Change us in Jesus' name. Amen.